is A-M-E-N, the Alpha Male Entertainment Network. Broadcasting from Humidor 1A in the cigar city of Tampa, Florida, U-S-A. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show. Weekly excursion into the world of cigars, spirits, and diversions. The cigar and pleasure-friendly hotlines are open. 877-DAVE-007. Now, fire up a cigar and pour yourself a cocktail. It's time for the General, General Cigar, cigar Dave. Dave. We are officially back from hiatus, and I am proud to proclaim... That 2019 Alpha Male Pleasure Maneuvers have now commenced as we enjoy the good life for another calendar year. And for those of you that may not understand or know what Alpha Male Pleasure Maneuvers consist of, very simple. Cigars, spirits, steaks, grilling, dames, dice, sports, football, cars, Planes, boats, anything having to do with being an alpha male, we celebrate front and center here on the Cigar Dave Show. As we begin another year, and we will start off, as always, with a long-ash greeting and a long-ash snappy salute, as we have done for the past 23 and a half years. And I welcome you front and center from Command Center Alpha, the global Five-star general and alpha male-in-chief, front and center, command center alpha in the Cigar City. And once again, a long-ash snappy salute, semper delictatio. Always pleasure. Long live the alpha. Make America great again. Make masculinity great again. Build the wall. You knew I wasn't going to start 2019 without that. By the way, the government has been shut down, what, 18, 19 days, whatever it is. Now, when we say the government has been shut down, it's only a small percentage. It's about 25% of the government. But think about it. Do we really need anybody in the Commerce Department? Really? Do we need all these other departments? If they're not essential, then why have them to begin with? Just a question to ponder as we begin 2019. Last week, I did a very short segment uh, letting you know about Richard Overton, the nation's oldest man at the time, World War II veteran who passed away. He was 112 years of age. I should say not 112 years old, 112 years young, because I had the privilege and pleasure to conduct SAM 111, Special Alpha Mission 111, back in June 2017, where I went to Austin, Texas, where Richard resided, and I was on one mission. I said, I am going to meet Richard Overton. I'm going to bring him a gift of cigars because he enjoyed smoking, I don't know, a dozen cigars a day. And I'm going to interview him. I'm going to do some audio interviews and some video interviews. And I'm going to bear with me, come bearing gifts, which I did. A box of Arturo Fuente Florafina 858s and a box of Diamond Crown Short Robustos. And I'll never forget... I did not know. There's no phone number. I tried to get a phone number. Good luck. Couldn't get a phone number. But I knew he lived on Richard Overton Way, not far from the airport, maybe about a seven, eight, ten minute ride from, 
from uh, Austin Bergstrom Field. So I flew in on a Saturday morning very early, first flight out. And I said, I'm going with one mission. If it takes me a day, two days, three days, five days, I'm going to hunt Richard down and I'm going to meet him. And I, because we talked about him for umpteen years, every year, you know, oldest uh, living veteran at 99, then 100, then uh, 105, 108. I said, I got to meet Richard Overton. So sure enough, I put in Richard Overton Way. Tells me right where to go. And I figured, okay, he's got to live somewhere on this street. Sure enough, you can't miss his house. There was giant signs everywhere. Happy birthday, Richard. We love you, Richard. Uh, a World War II veteran, we thank you. Everywhere you went, his house and his porch where he said it was my stage where he would sit out and smoke his cigars, have his morning coffee with a teaspoon or a tablespoon of whiskey every morning. That's the, the two things when I asked him, Richard, what are your secrets to long life? He said, I enjoy my 10, 12 cigars a day. He said, I get a little exercise in. And I, my daddy always told me, put a splash of whiskey in your morning coffee. It's good for your heart. It's good for your blood. It's good for your muscles. Keeps you nice and loose. Well, it certainly worked because Richard made 112. And I want you to think about that for a minute. He drove until he was 110. He had his pickup truck right there, and he said, I was fine. I, I was good till 110. He drove everywhere, and he was very fortunate because he had a nephew and I believe uh, some other family members that looked after him. And what was amazing is a number of years ago, he had fallen into a little bit of ill health. They did a GoFundMe campaign for him and raised like almost, I think, $350,000 to make sure he had 24 hour care. And we have posted a picture at CigarDave.com. We have a remembrance graphic in memoriam, Richard Overton, 1906 to 2018. Great picture that I took of him on his porch. He's got his USS Arizona cap because he did serve out in Pearl Harbor and in the Pacific during World War II. And he's got his cigar in his mouth with a nice big smile. And uh, I, just a privilege and a true honor for me to be able to, to meet Richard. He died... Uh, just, I think around December 26, right after, actually, I think he entered a rehab facility on Christmas Eve and a couple of days later, he passed away after being hospitalized with pneumonia, but he lived in, in East Austin, 72 years. And I'll never forget. I come up and I knock on the door and his nephew answers and I tell him who I am. And I said, look, I'm bearing some cigars. And, you know, sometimes you get an instant bond with people. And he's like, well, come on in. I mean, he didn't know me from Adam, didn't know me at all. But clearly I look like a reputable alpha, a reputable general. So we, we chatted and he said, look, Richard's just getting ready. He said, uh, you know, have a seat. You want some coffee? I'm like, nope, nope, didn't come for coffee. I said, I just came to meet Richard. I would love to speak to him and I've got some gifts for him. Richard came out shook his hand. We chatted. He's like, sit down. And the next thing you know, we were together for about three hours. And what was amazing to me is just his recall and the great stories. And as we're sitting there talking and I give him, and it's funny when I, when I go to give him the box of cigars, I said, look, I'm bearing gifts from two cigar makers in Tampa, the cigar city of Tampa, where I, I reside and I, I do my show. I've got this from Carlito Fuente and the Fuente family. And I've got this from the Newman family. 
And he's like, well, let me see. Uh, I only like smaller size cigars. Well, of course, I knew that, so I got him some, uh, you know, a, a small Corona, Corona Gorda, and, and a Robusto. He opened up each box. He looked, and he said, yeah, I can use these. And we proceeded to smoke a cigar. He's like, here, take one. I go, nope. Richard, every one of those cigars are for you. I brought my own cigars. But I would love, it would be a privilege and an honor to smoke a cigar with you. So we did. And we chatted for about, uh, probably before we did the interview, for a couple hours. And then we started rolling uh, the tape, rolling uh, the camera. And what was amazing to me is the number of people who were walking by the house, running, uh, on their bicycle, families with their kids out and about, people in their cars, of all ages, teens, 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, some people in their 80s. They all stopped and said, happy birthday, Richard. Thank you for your service, sir. Nice to see you, Richard. How are you today? Every single one of them wanted to extend their greetings because he was so highly thought of. He told me, interesting, he worked in state government in the treasurer's office, the controller's office, worked for Ann Richards, who ended up becoming governor, knew George W. Bush's governor, Rick Perry, knew them all, pictures, you go in his house, pictures of all these commendations from everybody, and uh, Joe Biden came in and, and paid a visit to him. He was invited to the White House and visited Barack Obama, and I never, I'll never forget, I said, well, what did Barack Obama say? He goes, can't tell you that, classified. So I had a great sense of humor, and just amazing the number of people for every one of his birthday would come in, and uh, his his uh, niece uh, or his cousin Valma Overton Jr. really was instrumental in taking care of him and making sure he was looked after. But just such an open person. He was born in St. Mary's, Texas, Bastrop County, Texas, May 11, 1906. He enlisted in the Army in 1942, nine months after the Pearl Harbor attack. He served in the Pacific Theater of Operations, including Guam, Okinawa, and Iwo Jima until 1945 when he left the service. And uh, he said he landed on more beaches under fire than he could remember, and he remembered ducking bullets in foxholes, clearing bodies from fields of battle. After work, or after the war, he worked in furniture stores, later in the state treasurer's office, under future Texas governor Ann Richards. And I want you to think about this. The man smoked 10, 12 cigars a day. Had a tablespoon of whiskey every day. He drove. Didn't do major exercise, just walked a bit here and there. There's no question he had some great genes. But, you know, you got to look and say, here's a man that was very social, enjoyed being around people. People enjoyed being around Richard, loved his cigars, loved his little splash of whiskey. Something must have worked. Can we do a scientific study on it and say, yes, it's absolutely attributable to cigars and the spirits and maybe his disposition and being around other people? No. But have I seen enough instances of people who have smoked cigars and enjoyed occasional libation, enjoy their steak that have lived long lives? My grandfather's cigar Abe was one of them. Milton Burl, George Burns. Richard Overton, there is something. I look at Frank Yaneza of Villas on Cigars and Stanford Newman of J.C. Newman Cigars. Both men were 90 when they passed away. I think they were both in, uh, one was 90 and a quarter, the other I think was 90 and a half. Both great gentlemen. They both lived long lives, and they both smoked plenty of cigars every day. Again, scientifically, can we prove it? The answer is no.
But I see enough anecdotal evidence to say there must be something. There's got to be something about people who enjoy cigars, who enjoy an occasional libation. Don't overdo it. It's not like they're going on drinking a bottle. Richard Overton enjoyed his tablespoon or teaspoon every day, enjoyed his 10 Swisher sweets every day. There's got to be something to it. And we hear all these people saying, oh, don't do this, don't, don't eat this, don't drink this. All these people are supposed experts. And have you ever looked at these people that say you should adopt a vegan diet? There's that one uh, uh, physician, Dean Ornish, advocates that everybody should go on a vegan diet. You shouldn't eat fish, you shouldn't eat meat, shouldn't eat chicken. And Bill Clinton is one of his disciples. Have you looked at Bill Clinton lately? He looks like a walking corpse. He's pale. He's gaunt. He has no color in his skin. He's weak. I mean, he talks like this. He, he not even before we say, hey, baby, how you doing? Come on, let's go for a little romp. Now he's like, hi, baby. Let me see if I can catch my breath. You know, I still find you attractive. I'm not, I'm not sure I could really go the distance like I used to, but can I just look at you? Because compared to Hillary, you are just, you're just beautiful, beautiful, just magnificent on the eyes. And I, I know I'm weak. I know I look like a sick vegan, but just is okay. I just, just need to look at you. I can't do anything because I don't have enough protein that gives me the testosterone. I need to get it up. But boy, I remember those days. The man needs a steak. Give the man a steak. Give the man a meal. But I see all these people that are, are disciples of saying you should eat this and live this way and live that way. And yet they don't look healthy. They're not living to 110 or 105 or 112 or 90. Look, there's no question genetics plays a role. But as a mentor of mine said, we aren't here for a long time. We're here for a good time. And to me, enjoy your life. Because once you're underground, you'll never smoke another cigar again. You'll never enjoy a spirit. You'll never bang any hot dames again. So you may as well do it while you are living and enjoy yourself. And if I want to enjoy a cigar... I want to enjoy a steak. I want to enjoy some whiskey, some hot dames in the harem. Hell yeah, I'm going to do that. All these people that say, well, if you do this and do this and do this, you will, you, you, you will live longer. Well, it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to live happier. And by the way, nobody has once told me that if I follow all these, these uh, words of advice they have on what to eat, what not to eat, I'm going to live forever. They still haven't figured that one out yet. So as I say... Enjoy yourself. Richard Overton, a model for us all. He was a patriot, a great American, a true mensch, a true gentleman. It was my honor and my privilege to meet him, spend three, four hours with him, to talk with him. And if you go to CigarDave.com, you will see right on the homepage, we've got a graphic in memoriam, Richard Overton with his picture, an American flag. Click on that. And you can uh, check out the audio and uh, video interviews that we did with Richard. They are absolutely, uh, I think, just enlightening. And it may be a little difficult to uh, make out what he has to say. Turn up the volume. I guarantee you will glad that you did. Richard Overton, patriot, veteran, great American, great gentleman. Rest in peace, kind sir. Just an absolute delight, privilege, and honor to meet him. One of the highlights of my career in hosting the Cigar Dave Show.
James Bond, true alpha male. I have said this all along. You look at Bond. Now, to me, there's only one James Bond. The name is Bond, James Sean Connery. Hello, I'm Sean Connery for Citibank. When I travel around the globe, you know me as James Bond, but many people don't. That's why I carry the Citibank visa wherever I go. Sean Connery, the original James. Even when he was wearing the rug, the guy looked good. How many guys can you say, boy, the guy wore a rug, a toupee, a piece, and he still looked good? That, my friends, the original James Bond, Sean Connery. Uh, you know, uh, Mike, uh, not Michael Moore, but... Um, Roger Moore, believe me, nobody will mistake Roger Moore for Michael Moore. One, suave, sophisticated, dapper, well-dressed. The other looks like a pig that hasn't been bathed in years. There's no mistaking Roger Moore and Michael Moore. But even Roger Moore, there was a lot of criticism. People didn't like him. I still thought Roger Moore was a decent Bond. I like Roger Moore. Pierce Brosnan, I thought, was a good James Bond. The guy that plays James Bond now, Sergeant Steve, I don't even, Daniel Craig, that's his name. Daniel Craig, he does nothing for me. Nothing for me. You go to James Bond and you look at a movie and you go, Daniel Craig. In fact, Daniel Craig complained about having to smoke cigars in one of the scenes that he did. Boo-hoo. I'm sorry, the guy's got the personality of a lead brick. So to me, the original James Bond is the best. But now we have an actor, Dominic West, in a recent interview with the Sunday Times, said that the next James Bond movie should star a transgender actor in the role of the famed master spy, James Bond, Agent 007. I'm sorry. <laughs> I have zero interest in seeing a transgender James Bond. You want to be transgender? Knock yourself out. Not my cup of tea. Not my thing. But I don't uh, go and tell people, okay, you should do this and do that. That's not my bag either. Don't tell me how to live my life. I'm not going to tell you how to live your life. Now, as a taxpayer, I don't want to pay. You want to take off your, your, uh, your tallywhacker and replace it with a JJ? Be my guest. Mazel tov. Have at it. But I don't want to pay for it. Taxpayers shouldn't have to pay for it. That I have zero interest in. If you feel you want to become, go from a man to a woman or a woman to a man or a man to an amoeba or a woman to an amoeba and be asexual, congratulations. No problem. But I don't want to pay for it. And I get tired of people waving all these different type of new sexual uh, descriptors in everybody's face. Oh, transgender, you should welcome transgenders. Listen, personally, I think transgenders are weird. But I don't say to someone, I don't think you should do that. You feel more comfortable, you know, whacking off your tallywhacker? Be my guest. Not my concern. But please don't wave it in my face and don't tell me I have to go above and beyond to include everybody. I'm not going to disclude them or uninclude them. But I don't need to go out of my way and say, geez, you know what? I want to go and make friends with some trannies. I'm not interested in that. I'm a heterosexual alpha male. I like hanging around with alpha males and hot dames. And that's just how I am, period. And there's so many people that say, oh, you should be more inclusionary. You should have transgender in your circle of friends and gay people. I don't care what people do. You want to be gay, bisexual, trisexual, quadrisexual, quintisexual, asexual, no sexual. 
I don't care. But I don't necessarily need to say, oh, great, I want to hang around with you. I mean, listen, women love having gay friends. They do. You always see the, I'm telling you, every woman I know tells me, oh, every woman's got to have one gay friend. Me? I've got people I know that are gay in business and other acquaintance. I don't have a problem, but I'm not going to hang around them. I'm not going to be buddies with them and say, oh, great, let's go antiquing. Let's go, let's go look and, and, and decorate something together. Not my bag. Not my thing. And I certainly do not want to see a James Bond, thank you very much, that is a tranny. Not interested. James Bond, to me, is a 100% unadulterated, pure alpha male. Raging testosterone, loves cigars, loves spirits, likes to take risks, and loves to bang hot dames anywhere around the globe whenever the occasion arises. Showing. I'm not going to apologize for that. You're not going to apologize for that. But again, I don't need, if somebody wants to be transgender, they want to be gay, quadrisexual, bisexual, triple, I don't care. I'm just tired of it being thrown in my face all the time. They got this gay pride parade in St. Petersburg, Florida, right across from Tampa Bay. Great. My answer is, okay, fine. I don't care. But I have a problem when they want to throw everybody where these Speedo banana slings and they want to make sure that their uh, everybody sees their package. I'm sorry, not interested. You want to go and bang a guy? Congratulations. That's up to you. That is not up to me. I don't get in your way, but don't throw it in my face. James Bond is an alpha, period. And this Wes says that maybe a transgender Bond would be cool. There's a very cool woman who's the wife of an actor in his latest film, Colette, who is a captain in the electrical engineers, the highest-ranking transgender soldier in the Army. Let me tell you something. As far as I'm concerned, I don't want to see a transgender. I don't want to see a gay James Bond. I want to see a raging, heterosexual, alpha male James Bond 007. End of discussion. This month's Cigar Dave Officers Club selection is the Alec Bradley New Release Sampler, including the Alec Bradley Blind Faith. This cigar features a silky smooth wrapper from Alec Bradley's proprietary farm in Nicaragua for a blend that is both rich and full-flavored. Get cigars like these shipped directly to you every month by joining the Cigar Dave Officers Club today. Get details at CigarDave.com. In 1964, Jose O. Padron began rolling cigars bearing his name in modest surroundings with one guiding principle, always focus on quality, never on quantity. Nearly 40 years later, Padron cigars are recognized for their superior taste and majestic construction. The result of Padron controlling all aspects of the cigar making process, including planting their own seeds, growing and curing their own tobacco, and constantly supervising the rolling room. 
to Wall Street, it is called vertical integration. To the Padron family, it's called making great cigars. The Padron lines include the Padron 1964 Anniversary Series and the Padron Traditional line. All Padron cigars are wrapped in Nicaraguan sun-grown Habano tobacco, available in natural or maduro. Experience Padron. For your Padron retailer, call 1-800-453-5635. When Padron is on the band, quality is a matter of family honor. Surgeon General Warning. Tobacco use increases the risk of infertility, stillbirth, and low birth weight. an unlimited and secure supply of pleasure sticks available for the general to enjoy. It's time for National Cigar Litation Maneuvers. Well, the December 2018 Officers Club selection came from Gurkha, and we had a magnificent selection. The Gurkha Ghost Gold. The original Gurkha Ghost, extremely popular. And so Kaisad Hansodia and Juan Lopez and Carlos Yacatarano of Gurkha said, you know, let's make a couple of tweaks because we have some people that maybe want a slightly different flavor profile. Maybe they want a little bit more richness, a little bit more zing, more personality than the original Gurkha Ghost. So they created the Gurkha Ghost Gold a bolder flavor profile than the original Ghost. Definitely for those of you that want a richer, more medium to full-bodied cigar, this was launched exclusively at the Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest in Buffalo last August. An immediate hit. In fact, I think they had about 30 or 40 boxes available for sale at the Pleasure Fest. Sold out. Didn't even make it to the beginning of the show. Sold out. Everybody in attendance received one of the new Gurkha Ghost Golds, and upon lightation, which I will enjoy today, definitely an earthy profile, notes of nuts, subtle cinnamon spice, a very pleasant cigar, uses an Ecuadorian Habano wrapper, a Criollo 1997 binder, and a three-country filler blend. From the Dominican Republic, from Nicaragua, and from Connecticut, USA, the Gurkha Ghost Gold, my cigar selection today. Cigar-altering and highly sharpened leaf-exposing device. You know, I've been using the self-sharpening double-edged stainless steel guillotine for most of the cutting for 2018, and I said, you know what, let's change it up to start 2019. So therefore, I have in my hand a little Avo cigar piercer or a bullet cut, little round device that you just push right into the cap. You can use that once, twice, three times. Expose as much of the fiddle leaves as you desire. That's what I will use today on my Gurkha Ghost Gold. Maximum BTU flame-throwing and heat-producing apparatus. I am going retro as we start 2019, going old school. I've got my long three or four. Actually, let me measure it. Hang on a second here. Let me go to my trusty desk here. Hang on. Let's see. Let's measure our little tape measure here. 
One, two, yep, three and a half inch cedar cigar matches. That's what I would use today. Very old school, oldest method to light your cigar, whether it's flint or with a match. That's what I would use today. Cigar, cigar pre-lightation checklist complete. No faults detected. Area clear of all enemies of pleasure. Approval to go throttle up in three, two, one. All right, here's my little avo piercing device. I'm going to just slowly twist and twist and twist, and I'm going to pull it out. Perfect. Now, I went right to a little bit left of center. Now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to do it one more time. So, I almost have like an elliptical type of pattern here. Let me do that. Okay. Perfect. Now, I've exposed the amount of filler leaves that I would like. I don't want the whole head, but I just want enough. I don't want it too concentrated. So, now I will light my cedar cigar match and when you do so after it's lit angle it down at about a 45 50 degree angle now i got a big flame now i'll puff and rotate and by the way this gurkha ghost gold an unfinished foot you don't cut it you just light it here we go mm. listen to that snap crackle and pop of that cedar cigar match mm. great aroma great draw Mm. Again, I got plenty of time on this match as I fucking rotate. Now, this cigar match, in fact, let me take a picture of it right now. We will post it. I'll show you how much I was able to use on this. I lit my entire cigar. So there is the match. Sergeant Steve, I'm going to send you this picture. So you can see exactly how much of this cigar match that I used. I used out of four inches, probably three and three quarters, plenty of, just plenty of fire for me to light the cigar, no problem. Let me puff and rotate. Hmm. Hmm. Very nice draw, nice flavor. In fact, definitely get getting a little bit of uh, some pepper on here, a subtle spice, more flavor than the regular Gurkha Ghost, but very nice. It's not going to knock you down. It's not going to overpower you. Just very, very pleasant. No ifs, no ands, no buts. Mm. Let me do this one more time. Mm. Magnificent. Now, I need a special accoutrement to go with my cigar today. Scotch, bourbon, and beer. Commence thirst-quenching libationary maneuvers. Well, in memory and honor of the great Richard Overton passed away at the age of 112, the end of December. Great patriot, World War II veteran, great American, great gentleman, great raconteur, great alpha. I'm going to have what I'm going to call the Richard Overton cocktail. I've got fresh brewed coffee. And I'm going to take a teaspoon, and I'm going to measure it here, a teaspoon of whiskey. And actually, this whiskey, because Richard from Texas, I've got Garrison Brothers Texas Straight Bourbon Whiskey. This is, I've had this before. I've tasted it on the show. This is made in Rolling Ranch a country in Texas Hill Country, down in the great Lone Star State. And Dan Garrison likes a rich bourbon. Didn't want a mild bourbon. 
Everything is made of organic corn, wheat, and barley. Comes from their own fields. The barley is from the Pacific Northwest. Everything else from Texas. They're milled, they're mashed, they're fermented. I'm going to pour this in my coffee right now. And now what I'm going to do is take my spoon here and I'm going to mix that. And let me say cheers on that. Mmm. You know, that's good. I got to tell you, it's not overpowering. You just get a little bit of taste. And let me tell you, this, this Garrison Brothers Texas Straight Bourbon Whiskey, this is rich. A lot of sizzle. And there's a lot of warmth factor on this. This is definitely not a mild flavor bourbon whiskey. This has got, just like Texas, don't mess with Texas. Don't mess with Garrison Brothers Texas Straight Bourbon Whiskey. This is for somebody that likes a rich, full cigar, that likes spice, that does not want a very... This is not a weedy bourbon. It's not mild. It's not tame. A lot of flavor. Not going to overpower you, but just a lot of sizzle and a lot of spice. And I'm getting just a little bit of that bourbon whiskey taste in my cup of coffee. This again, the Richard Overton cocktail. Mm. Take a puff of my Gurkha Ghost Gold. Fantastic. I am ready to go. Now, let me talk to you about the January 2019 Officers Club selection. It comes to us from our good friends over at Alec Bradley Cigar. Our good friends, Alan Rubin, Alec and Bradley Rubin, George Sosa, Ralph Montero, the entire crew over at Alec Bradley. They launched two phenomenal cigars that are going to be included in the January 2019 Officers Club selection and a third cigar which has been doing fabulously well. First up, the brand-new Alec Bradley Magic Toast. And by the way, all three selections are on the medium, medium, full side. The Magic Toast got its name as Alan Rubin was in the tobacco fields one night in Honduras and lit a cigar, and basically he had a flashlight. A flashlight. He looked at the crop, and under the stars, they cracked open a bottle of nice whiskey, proposed a toast, and Magic Toast was born. Honduran wrapper, Nicaraguan Honduran binder and filler. Beautiful-looking cigar comes in three different sizes. Nice, rich wrapper. Fantastic. So the Magic Toast is the first cigar. The next one that was created by Alec Rubin and Bradley Rubin, the two sons of Alan Rubin, brand-new concept. He said, guys, it's up to you. You work on the blend. You work on the packaging. And they created Alec and Bradley Blind Faith. Because basically, Alan said, hey, I'm putting my blind faith and my trust in both of you kids. You've been around, up to you guys. And they created a very, very unique cigar. Great flavor profile. Three different fillers from Esteli, Nicaragua. A silky smooth wrapper from Trojes, Nicaragua. A double binder combination from Honduras and Nicaragua. Rich, full-flavored, very unique packaging. There's a picture of a guy in a suit, but there's no head. It's just an old Sony TV Trinitron with a pair of dog ears and some color bars and A and B in front of it. Beautiful cigar. Loved it when I smoked it. And last but not least, the Alec Bradley Black Market Esteli blowing off the shelves. Beautiful cigar. Esteli is the capital of Nicaragua. Pays homage to that city. Nicaraguan wrapper, Nicaraguan and Honduran binder, Nicaraguan filler. It's a beautiful looking cigar. The band starts from about a third of the way down, goes all the way to the foot of the cigar. 
three unique cigars for the January 2019 Officers Club selection. The Alec Bradley Magic Toast, the Alec and Bradley Blind Faith, and the Alec Bradley Black Market Esteli. Second hour of the show, we'll be joined by Mark Blanton, who is longtime friend of the Cigar Dave Show from the Humidor store here in Tampa. They build walk-in humidors, humidors, also Moonlight's uh, kind of owning a regional airline. Interesting story there. But he's a technology guru. He loves tech. He goes out to the communications. It used to be called the the um, Consumer Electronics Show every year. Now they just call it CES. It takes the entire Las Vegas Convention Center and the Sands Expo Center and outdoors right where the the uh, Las Vegas Convention Center is located. He has been there all week. We will join. He will join us in the second hour from Vegas. We will talk all the cool stuff going on at CES. There's robots, new 8K TVs, wearables, all sorts of cool technology as alphas. Let's face it. We love gadgets. We love the latest and greatest. Mark Blanton will join us from Vegas the entire second hour. We'll talk about uh, all the cool stuff from CES 2019 out in Vegas. The General is now on Instagram. Follow him for pictures of the latest cigars, libations, and what he's enjoying during the show. <laughs> that could be interesting, and we'll have to block out some faces. Go to Instagram and search Cigar Dave. America is under attack. Basic freedoms, privileges, and acts that we would normally take for granted are disappearing each day, including the simple ability to enjoy a cigar. This is Glenn Loop, Executive Director of Cigar Rights of America, CRA. At a time when elected officials should be thinking about education, public safety, and creating jobs, they are actually thinking about smoking bans, new taxes, and regulations of historic proportions on premium cigars. The cigars that provide us with pleasure, relaxation, and fellowship are under attack. We have to stop it. That's why Cigar Rights of America was created, to work for a new political day for cigar enthusiasts across America, to roll back restrictive laws and defeat onerous taxes and regulations that impact everyone from your local cigar shop to your personal humidor. For the price of a few great cigars, be a part of this effort to protect your right to enjoy a cigar without excessive taxation and cumbersome legislation. Go to CigarRights.org. Let's tell the government we've had enough. Join now, CigarRights.org. In 2018, we featured exceptional cigars monthly in the Cigar Dave Officers Club selections. And I am pleased to tell you that for 2019, we start the exact same way with a trio of fabulous cigars from Alec Bradley. It is the world of Alec Bradley featuring two of their new cigars and one cigar flying off the shelves. First up, the Alec Bradley Magic Toast. Medium to full flavored. This was conceived in the tobacco fields in Honduras. A beautiful, rich flavored cigar. Next up, from Alan Rubin's two sons, Alec and Bradley Rubin. They created their own cigar called Alec and Bradley Blind Faith. Three different filler tobaccos from Esteli, Nicaragua. Rich, full flavored, very unique cigar in packaging. And lastly, the Alec Bradley Black Market Esteli. Another medium to full bodied cigar. Three great cigars from Alec Bradley. If you're not a member of the Officers Club, $22.95 per month gets you the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. Go to CigarDave.com now and join the Officers Club.
Warning. Warning. We've reached DEFCON 1. Civil rights have been breached. Congressional insurgency has begun. Stand by as your general enacts countermeasures. Well, I hate to start 2019 dealing with the enemies of pleasure, but they may have been hiding, but they have not abandoned the United States just yet. First up, those of you that live in the crumbling empire state of New York. We talked about how in the Western New York Theater of Operations, Erie County, Buffalo, that Erie County now made it illegal for a supermarket or a pharmacy to sell tobacco products. And now we're seeing it in the People's Republic of New York City. If you want to buy a cigar at uh, CVS or at Walgreens or any of the other pharmacies or supermarkets, no luck. On January 1, became illegal for any pharmacy within New York City's five boroughs to sell tobacco products. Also extends to supermarkets and big box stores with a pharmacy section. This, again, is more encroachment by the enemies of pleasure, by the nanny state on our lives. We're sick of it. We're tired of it. And when I look at what is happening now across the country, where now they're saying we are going to enact more laws making it illegal for you to purchase tobacco products if you are not, if you are below the age of 21. But meanwhile, these same libs and these same people are the ones jumping up and down saying people are not, kids are not smart enough to buy guns at 18, possess guns or tobacco at 18. It's okay for them to go serve and die for their country. Oh, and by the way, we should lower the voting age, they say, because the kids are smart enough. We don't need 18. That's restrictive. We should have them vote at 16. Sure, because they're wide-eyed libs at 16, wanting everything for free, and all they have to do is hear, hey, we're going to give you, you know what, free video games? I'm a Democrat, and I'm running for Congress, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run on the platform. We're going to give you free uh, video games, free food, free school, free cars, free Uber rides, free everything. And you know what a 16-year-old? Hey, cool dude, I'll take that. Not realizing somebody's going to pay the price. So I get it. It's amazing the hypocrisy. They want kids to vote now at 16, but kids at the same by the same token are not smart enough to buy cigars. They're not smart enough to possess a firearm until they're the age and, and drink alcohol until they're at least 21. I'm sorry. You can't have it both ways. I'll tell you what. Why don't we propose making it 21 to vote? Do you want to see what the backlash on that would be? You would have all these, these lib, the Ocasio-Cortez is saying, this isn't fair. This isn't fair. And my answer would be, well, it's not fair that somebody is, has to wait until 21 to be able to legally purchase a cigar or a cocktail or own a firearm to protect themselves. Oh, that's different. That's exactly what they'll say. That's different. No, it's not different. But here we see in New York City, and we're seeing other places. Now they're saying, well, because pharmacies theoretically sell products that help you stay healthy or get you healthier, it's inappropriate to sell any sort of tobacco products, whether it is a cigar, whether it is a pipe, a pipe tobacco, or a cigarette. But yet they can still sell potato chips and sugar-loaded beverage and sugar-laden candies, but that's okay. And if you think 
if you're in favor of this, saying, no, I think they should make it illegal for pharmacies to sell tobacco products, but yet you go buy your gum and your, your chocolate bars and your chips and your beer at a pharmacy or at a big box retailer or supermarket that has a pharmacy, if you think they're not coming after the products that you enjoy buying there, think again. Because if you think they are done just with cigars and tobacco, you are a moron. You're a schmuck. Because I will guarantee you, they'll then go after candy. They'll then go after the sodas. They already have, de facto-wise, by putting massive taxes on. And in fact, if you look in Pennsylvania, I've got this somewhere. Hang on a second. Where? Oh, here we go. I knew I had it on my vast sprawling glass desk here. Here we go. Philadelphia shop right owner. Successful grocer in the Philadelphia area has been forced to close one of his shop right locations because of the soda tax. People are going to the suburbs. 23% loss in sales made the store unprofitable. So, by the way, a store where people really relied on is closing because it's not profitable. But yet, all these brilliant politicians are like, well, that's no problem. Somebody else will come in. No, they won't. We're fed up of the taxes. We're fed up of the nanny state. We're fed up of the, of the age 21 bans to buy a product that should be able to be purchased at 18. And we're seeing this over and over and over. And again, if you think this is going to be done with just tobacco, you are wrong. They'll go after another pro- I'm telling you, they will go after steak, saying, well, you know, we really should go vegan because it's good for the planet, and we think it's good for you, and therefore we're smarter than you are. We're one of these northeastern liberal elites, or elites on the coast. You're stupid. We're smarter than you are. Don't worry. It's nonsense. It is ridiculous. They're not smarter than we are. But they will come after a product you don't like. Here's another example. Right here in the Sunshine State, Sarasota, an hour south of the Cigar City of Tampa. A Republican, Senator Joe Gruters, introduced last week Senate Bill 218 in the Florida Senate that would prohibit smoking on public beaches. He said that all the beaches down in Sarasota where he resides and he represents are just loaded with cigarette butts. Well, if that's the case, then enact legislation that makes it illegal and a hefty fine to litter on the beach. But it's amazing. All these people that say, oh, there's all these cigarette butts, they never say there's any cigar butts because there aren't. But they always say there's all these cigar butts. I go to the beach and I never see them. I never see them. If that's the case, here's a simple solution. Get more trash cans. Put up signs saying, if you're caught littering and we have video cameras, we're coming after you. It's a $500 fine. Great. No problem. Now, he says the fines would be $25 or less and no more than 10 hours of community. A corresponding bill has not been filed in the House. Here's the good news. It will never be filed in the House. And the reason is the new Speaker of the Florida House of Representatives is Jose Oliva of Oliva Cigars. He was sworn in to be the Florida Speaker for the next four years as long as the Republicans maintain control of the Florida House. He represents uh, Hialeah down in South Florida. Congratulations, Jose. He also announced he's going to step down as CEO of Oliva Cigar, moving into a chairman of the board advisory role so he can basically spend all his duties on the people's business of Florida. Good move. As long as we have Jose Oliva, all is good. But for this Republican 
to file this bill is ridiculous. If there is a problem with cigarette butts or trash, then you propose a trash bill. Make it a fine. Make it community service if people litter. But don't ban people enjoying a cigar and be misguided. Hour two of the Cigar Dave Show is next. Entertainment Network. Broadcasting from Humidor 1A in the cigar city of Tampa, Florida. U.S.A. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show, your weekly excursion into the world of cigars, spirits, and diversions. The cigar and pleasure-friendly hotlines are open. 877-DAVE-007. Now, fire up a cigar and pour yourself a cocktail. It's time for the General General Cigar Cigar Dave. 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 Part of being an alpha male is enjoying the good life. And the good life includes, as we know, cigars, spirits, diversions, dames. But let's face it, we love our toys. Toys for boys. We love our gadgets. We love our electronics. We love our TVs. Anything in the world of electronics, we've got to have. We've got to have the latest and greatest. And it's all being launched this week, or has been launched this week. It ended last night. At CES, the Consumer Electronics Show in Vegas, produced by the Consumer Technology Association, 4,500 exhibiting companies, over 180,000 attendees from 150 countries, 11 venues in Las Vegas, all sorts of tech items, all sorts of toys, cool gadgets, and we've got an exclusive review for you front and center this hour on the Cigar Dave Show. Welcome back, hour number two. As always, we come to you from Command Center Alpha in the Cigar City, and when we look at some of the world-changing innovations and technologies that were announced at CES, when it first took place back in New York City in 1967, thousands of products, including the VCR in 1970, the camcorder and the CD player in 1981, the, let's see, uh, digital satellite system, DirecTV and DISH, 1994. HDTV, 20 years ago, 21 years ago in 1998. Satellite radio in 2000. How about Xbox and the PlayStation, 2001. HD radio, 2004. OLED TVs, 2008. Tablets, notebooks, Androids, 2010. Connected TVs and smart appliances, 2011. 3D printers and wearables, 2014. 4K TVs in 2015. And there is a plethora more that was launched this week at CES in Vegas. And joining us, a longtime friend of the Cigar Dave Show and this five-star who has been extremely helpful for us, whether it's the Cigar Retailers Convention or or creating new humidors or humidification technologies. Mark Blanton of the Humidor Store in the Cigar City and a technology guru joins us from Vegas. He's back in his hotel room after five days of nonstop perusing the show floors to give us an update. Mark, are you tired yet? 
General, good day to you from the 2019 CES Consumer Electronics Show in wonderful Las Vegas. And yes, my feet are happy that I've taken a break and now I can have a cocktail and cigar and settle down. Wait a minute. Just one cocktail? Oh, well, well, you have to begin somewhere. You got to take the first one. (laughs) The other hand has got a stogie in it. There you go. Hey, by the way, Mark, I know that when you go to dinner tonight, all right, Saturday night, you got to go to a good place. You got to go to Piero's. It's on Convention Center Boulevard. It is off the strip, Piero's, P-I-E-R-O apostrophe S. That's where the Rat Pack used to go, Wayne Newton, old-time Vegas, great meal. Every time I go out to Vegas, I've been going out there for probably now 22 years. A, uh, a mentor took me out there. It is the place in Vegas. Got great bar. Great food, great dining. It's a Vegas institution. So tonight, you got the general's orders. You got to go to Piero's for dinner. Will do, sir. You've got it covered. I will explore. All right. So, Mark, first of all, let's talk about CES, Consumer Electronics Show. This thing started in New York in June 1967, uh, and it has just taken on a life of its own. 180,000 attendees. The millions of square feet, it used to be in the Las Vegas Convention Center. Now it, they use the Sands Expo Center. They use the Wynn, the Renaissance. They use outside of the Convention Center. Where do you begin? It's so large. That's the whole thing. It is so vast, and you have to tackle it a section at a time. I've been coming here now for 10 years. Prior to that, I was I used to come to the show called Comdex, which was a national computer show and all about the software. Well, when that kind of ended, it kind of melded into the CES, and that's kind of like where I began at. And those days, it was like you said, was just over at the Las Vegas Convention Center, but now it's at the sands, all the floors of the sands, um, in the rooms of the Venetian. It just goes on and on. Prior to CES, you have to kind of plan your moves and exactly how you want to tackle this. What I do is I begin with the very beginning stuff, the stuff that's so brand new in an area called Eureka Park. And that's a downstairs floor at the Sands Convention Center. And this is where all the guys come out with the brand new stuff. They got more money uh, in their booth and getting to the show than they have in their entire company. But they have some incredible ideas, new technology. And if they manage to do really well that year, then the next year you'll see on the upstairs floor where you have more seasoned vendors, people that made it through the tough times of starting their company, and now they got distribution. But in Eureka Park, it is just ingenious ideas that people from all over the world, from Germany, from France, from China, from the U.S., they have little small 10 by 10 booths. But you go there and you see it, and it's just off the charts. You have no idea what you're going to see. Nothing is, is organized. You'll have a guy with uh, translation sitting right next to a guy that's got a little small box for plant growing at home. So you have to treat it kind of like a flea market where you go literally booth to booth to booth to see something new. Incredible. And, you know, when you look at the – they've got different product categories and marketplaces. Let me just give you some of the the, uh, categories here. 3D printing. They've got artificial intelligence and robotics, audio and video, baby tech – They've got the CES Sports Zone, Digital Money, Drones, uh, Eureka Park, that you talked about, Fitness, Health and Wellness, High Tech Retailing, Home Cinema, 
uh, I, uh, IT infrastructure, self-driving technology, sleep technology, smart cities, smart home, sports tech, tourism, vehicle technology, wearables, and wireless devices and services. And the amazing thing is I guarantee you that there is going to be some huge product that is going to come out this year that maybe these guys start right in that little flea market you're talking about. And the next thing you know, we're going to be hearing about it in a few years, and it's the latest and greatest in technology. Absolutely. Absolutely. The one thing you have to realize is the vastness of this show. Like you said, uh, 4,500 exhibitors. Uh, this year, they were telling me there was 189,000 attendees to this. And trust me, it was elbow to elbow. But if you just take the 4,500 exhibitors and say you just want to spend three to five minutes at each exhibitor, you have no more time. Um, you you kind of have to pick and choose what you're interested in. There's no way it is physically impossible to be able to see every single booth and give all the booths equal amount of time because you just can't do it in five days. It's impossible. And they also have speakers and presentations. There are over a thousand. There were a thousand speakers that presented at CES. I mean, think of that number, a thousand speakers and the keynotes. And I see that uh, uh, there was a, you know, all sorts of keynote addresses and, and companies that combined uh, with big announcements. And we'll talk about Verizon and Samsung with a big announcement. But it's just incredible, the number of people, and it's global, people from around the world that come into this thing. Mark Blanton, uh, technology enthusiast and expert, joins us. Back from uh, attending CES uh, all this week, back in his hotel room, getting a little rest uh, this afternoon in Vegas. Mark, let's talk about uh, the first things you saw. You went to that flea market type thing. Anything cool that we should know about? Yeah, absolutely. There's a little tiny company that has now, and, and it has not been released yet. It's still in the production phases. It is an earbud that you wear, kind of like what you have on the Apple. But what is really unique it is voice uh, translation. So now you can talk normally. It uh, Bluetooth down to your cell phone. It, then it goes out to the web, grabs a translation, and puts it into the other person's ear. So now you can talk to each other seamlessly without having to push buttons or do anything, and it handles 87 different languages. It is unbelievable how well it works, and it was developed by five guys out of China. And all these guys, nobody's over 35 years of age. Wait a minute. Is the Chinese government part of this thing where they're going to spy on all of us and translate things for their own benefit? we got to be careful about that, Mark. You know what's crazy is we've been around with so many international people. One thing we found out and get the government side out of it is we are all – alike. We all want the same thing. We all love our toys. We all love technology. And some of the smartest guys in the world are here and they're creating all this stuff. But you're absolutely right. The other governments, even our government on data and tracking us and gathering all that information, that's one thing that we're going to really watch out for in the future because you just don't know where this technology can go that we're not intending to go. You know, very interesting you bring that up because this week it, it came out that Ring, which is kind of that uh, video doorbell service where you Absolutely. You, you, you put that device and, and it, it records your doorbell and records uh, you know your door and you can see it on your cell phone. Well, everybody thinks that that's encrypted and that's private. Well, apparently the company gave access to all employees' video on a, in live stream. They could go in live, whatever, 
and that is a major, major privacy concern. And the company almost was nonchalant about it. And we're seeing all these breaches. We're seeing Marriott had a huge breach of all this passport data, and yet they're not very transparent about it. Was there a big conversation about data privacy? I know Apple had a really big uh, banner that they put on one of the hotels saying, at Apple, you know, your data is your data. But was there a talk about that at CES this year? There was. There was a lot of concern amongst a lot of us talking about what is going to happen with the data. With the new 5G coming out and the massive and the new things that's happening on this 5G, because let me tell you what, uh, CS this year was 5G, 5G, and some more 5G. And with all these things that are getting ready to change in the next couple of years that nobody is going to believe. I've seen firsthand, that's one thing about CES, it's kind of like a little crystal ball that will allow you a little peek into the future as to where we are actually going. And this data privacy is a big concern amongst a lot of us that are the users, but also of the developers, because they realize that they are the users also. And it's not amongst what the companies are keeping it's what is our governments going to look into because they know where we are. We got facial tagging now. We got car tracking. We got all this stuff with all the new cars, with all these new sensors and sending information. Somebody's keeping track of that, and Big Brother does. And that's one of our concerns because you think about it today. You go to Google to find something that you're looking at. I'm not saying only Google because there's a lot of search engines. I'm using it as an example. Google knows what you're thinking. Amazon knows what you're buying. You've got uh, uh, the post office, UPS, and FedEx. They know where you're at because they know where you're where you're delivering it to. All this data is coming into play, and I, we don't know where it's going, but it's more and more data, and how this data is going to be managed is up to us as Americans to really stand up against and for our government to make sure that it's managed properly because I can tell you, we are really concerned that it can get out of hand in the wrong hands. I agree. I know that I think there was a big project that started under the Obama administration, a giant, I think in Utah, a giant data center that was going to store all this data for, I think, NSA. And the, the amount of storage space is unbelievable. It's almost hard to comprehend. And you hit it right on the head. And I think part of the problem we see now, and we've seen this, under the Obama administration when they left is that, uh, as, as to quote Chuck Schumer, the, if you screw the intelligence community, they've got seven ways till Sunday to screw you over. And I think that's a very, very big concern that uh, it's going to come to a head one day. And, and, and even the Senate, I mean, when we see the CIA that was spying on, on senators, and yet they don't take it very uh, seriously, that is a huge problem. Mark Blanton, consumer electronics guru and expert and longtime attendee to the CES convention in Vegas, our guest. When we come back, we will continue our tour of the CES show floors from Vegas 180,000 people attending, packed 4,000 exhibitors, the latest and greatest in technology, and all sorts of other gadgets and cool stuff that we will continue our discussion with Mark with around the corner. The January selection for the Cigar Dave Officers Club is the Alec Bradley new release sampler, including Black Market Esteli. This medium to full-bodied smoke comes from the capital of Nicaragua to pay homage to everything the city offers to cigar making. Not a member of the Officers Club yet? 
get premium cigars shipped directly to you every month by signing up today at CigarDave.com. In 1964, Jose O. Padron began rolling cigars bearing his name in modest surroundings with one guiding principle, always focus on quality, never on quantity. Nearly 40 years later, Padron cigars are recognized for their superior taste and majestic construction. The result of Padron controlling all aspects of the cigar making process, including planting their own seeds, growing and curing their own tobacco, and constantly supervising the rolling room. To Wall Street, it is called vertical integration. To the Padron family, it's called making great cigars. The Padron lines include the Padron 1964 Anniversary Series and the Padron Traditional line. All Padron cigars are wrapped in Nicaraguan sun-grown Habano tobacco, available in natural or maduro. Experience Padron. For your Padron retailer, call 1-800-453-5635. When Padron is on the band, quality is a matter of family honor. Surgeon General Warning. Tobacco use increases the risk of infertility, stillbirth, and low birth weight. The Cigar Dave Show is available 24-7, 365 via the Cigar Dave mobile app for Android, iPhone, as well as Amazon Kindle. You don't need to be in front of a radio. You just need to have your mobile device ready to go. And you can listen to me take on the enemies of pleasure. Talk about the alpha male good life as we talk cigars, spirits, diversions, grilling, Everything associated with the alpha male good life. So go download the Cigar Dave mobile app today, presented by Diamond Crown. And you can listen to the show live, noon to 2 Eastern time, anywhere around the world. And as soon as the show is done, we run a continuous loop. The show is also available on demand. Also our Twitter feed, Facebook feed, and the ability for you to record a message and send it directly to us. So go right now, if you've got an Android, an iPhone, or the Amazon Kindle, Go and download the Cigar Dave mobile app presented by Diamond Crown. Never miss a minute of a Cigar Dave show with the Cigar Dave mobile app. Patriotically made in the USA, America's alpha male-in-chief. Cigar Dave. The Consumer Electronics Show wrapped up last night, and we've got Mark Blanton from the Humidor Store, a technology guru, a longtime attendee to CES, joins us from his hotel room out in Vegas, resting after a lot of walking this week, touring the show floor. It covers the Las Vegas Convention Center. It covers the Sands Expo Center, multiple hotels, uh, tents outside. So, Mark, you started in the Sands Expo Center. Then you made your way where? To the Vegas Convention Center? Yeah, I made it to the Vegas Convention Center. We started in an area that was called South Hall. Not the really gigantic booths. These are the more successful um, uh, vendors. And uh, they've uh, proven technologies and everything from uh, from keyboards to uh, 3D printing, which, by the way, this year I heard was going to be done. They were actually going to print a full motorcycle and drive it around the hall. That did not happen. But the technology is there for it to happen, as with a lot of 3D print guys, because, you know, we can print in copper and aluminum and metal and all these different type of materials now that we have that are structurally sound. 
Um, it's almost we can print almost anything now with a 3D printer because they are spot on accurate. Actually, I heard my the Nobel Pleasure Prize that I won again last year. Again, 23 years in a row, I keep winning it. It's it's uh, it's almost unfair. But to quote President Donald Trump, I'm not getting sick of winning. And uh, I think that was printed on a 3D printer. So even even my Alpha, or my my Nobel Pleasure Prize was printed on that. But 3D printing is something that's very cool. When it first came out, I didn't know what the hell they're talking about. But literally, you can buildings and and uh, they're using it for healthcare now for transportation, all sorts of items. So you see 3D printing. What else did you see in that hall? Well, in that hall there, uh, in addition, of course, the, the drones was there. They got drones from small to all the way to the brand new Bell Nexus, which is a six-place drone that you fly in, and you have a pilot actually fly it. So right, we're going to get to that because like I want to talk about that in length. And then you go to the North Hall. What's there? Uh, on the very North Hall, that's where you find your Samsung booths, your uh, Toshiba, and all your big guys, Kodak, and all of them. I went to Samsung this year. I was looking for that Samsung foldable phone. And when I went in there, I was tackling. I said, that's what I'm going after. Did not exist in the Samsung booth this year. I don't know what happened. They were closed mouth. I tried to pry them. I said, what's going on? I said, I've seen pictures. I heard all about it. I got specs. I want to see it. They wouldn't say anything. I don't know if something went wrong. They didn't bring it. Development wasn't there. I don't know what it was, but it was not at this year's CES. Well, I can tell you something that was at Samsung, Mark. The 219-inch and 75-inch micro-LED Ultra HD TVs were on demo. 219 inches. Mark, you got to bring one. See if you can fit that in the overhead bin on the way back for me, will you? Got to get one of those. it is unbelievable. It is is so realistic. But there's one thing that's happening out there that people are not realizing is the clearer the pictures are, for example, like this 8K that everybody's talking about, which there's very, very little to next to no content for it. Right. What they're finding out is it gets so big, it induces motion sickness if you don't have a space big enough for it. So there's a, there's a little human factor to this as to how big you can go in the space that you're providing it in. You know, never thought about that. You're exactly right. And here's the amazing thing. 4K cameras, really starting about uh, two, three years ago, have made their way. But you don't see much 4K sports programming or regular programming. You're starting to see it. But most people don't have 4K TVs yet. They're starting to. But now they're talking about 8K already? I just don't see that happening. I think 4K is probably initially where we're going to max out. But certainly what's amazing is... People are cutting the cord, yet all these TV manufacturers still coming out with bigger televisions. And I also see they had a foldable, a rollable television. Mark Blanton, consumer electronics expert guru, attending the CES 2019 show that wrapped up last night. We'll continue with our CES review around the corner. The General is always on Twitter, delivering breaking news, giving you the latest intel on cigars, and battling the enemies of pleasure. Chat with the General now at Cigar Dave Show. In 2018, we featured exceptional cigars monthly in the Cigar Dave Officers Club selections. And I am pleased to tell you that for 2019, we start the exact same way with a trio of fabulous cigars from Alec Bradley. It is the world of Alec Bradley featuring 
two of their new cigars and one cigar flying off the shelves. First up, the Alec Bradley Magic Toast, medium to full flavored. This was conceived in the tobacco fields in Honduras, a beautiful, rich flavored cigar. Next up, from Alan Rubin's two sons, Alec and Bradley Rubin, they created their own cigar called Alec and Bradley Blind Faith. Three different filler tobaccos from Esteli, Nicaragua. Rich, full-flavored, very unique cigar in packaging. And lastly, the Alec Bradley Black Market Esteli. Another medium-to-full-bodied cigar. Three great cigars from Alec Bradley. If you're not a member of the Officers Club, $22.95 per month gets you the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. Go to CigarDave.com now and join the Officers Club. And the winner of the first Nobel Pleasure Prize for Outstanding Achievement in Advancing the Alpha Male Good Life is your general, Cigar Dave. And that Nobel Pleasure Prize, as I previously mentioned, printed on a 3D printer. The technology is amazing. The Consumer Electronics Show just wrapped up CES last night. 4,500 exhibiting companies, 190,000 attendees. Every hotel in Vegas packed, every restaurant packed, every bar packed. The place to be the past week, and a man that was there, that is there, Mark Blanton of the Humidor Store, a technology and electronics guru, longtime friend, was out there for the entire week and gives us his synopsis and recap. And Mark, let's take a look at some of the big categories this year at CES. The first thing that we're hearing about that uh, has been making the rounds is 5G. And 5G is a technology which allows for far faster data transfer, where people supposedly now are not going to, they're going to be able to break away from having a wired internet connection and they're going to be able to get a wireless connection with 5G supposedly at, uh, you know, like five gigabyte speeds, just much faster than anything we've seen. But the problem right now is it's really nowhere to be found, and even the different wireless companies, AT&T and, 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 uh, and Verizon, they're all kind of, there's no 5G standard, and they're playing games. They're putting 5G, you know, a little uh, a logo, you know, on your phone, but it's not really 5G. So let's talk about 5G. What is it? What's the big deal about it? First of all, let's talk about 5G. The G stands for generation. When we had 3G, that's the third generation, 4G, fourth generation, and now 5G, the fifth generation. The 5G uses a much uh, wider spectrum on being able to transmit the data. That's why they're going to be able to push so much data to and from. But the one thing is, is the 5G has to have more towers, more uh, uh, areas of communication because it cannot go as far as 4G can. Now, one thing in our phones that we don't realize, we just take for granted, there is what's called a chipset. Today, we have a, most of us have a 4G LTE phone. And inside of that, we have what's called a Snapdragon um, uh, uh, 835 or 845 chipset. And everybody goes, what the heck is that? I never heard of that. You don't have to know what it is. It's just a series of chips in there that basically makes your phone be able to handle the data and the speed. 
But now with this new 5G, there's a brand new Snapdragon 855 chipset coming out. And these chipsets are made by a company called Qualcomm. And Qualcomm has, has got the chipset and they're making it work. But now they're finding out what can they do with this chipset and, and what, how they embed it and everything. Now, this chipset's going to be embedded in everything from your car to everything. Because if you have a device that's receiving 5G, it's got to go through this chipset to work. One thing you have to understand, 4G and 5G are not, are not compatible. You cannot use a 5G phone on a 4G network, and you cannot use a 4G phone on a 5G network. So don't think that all of a sudden you got a 4G phone, and guess what? You go in, hey, I only got 3G right now. When you have 5G, you're only 5G. And so that's where it's going to be. I was with the gentleman, uh, the CEO of Verizon, Hans Vestberg. It was amazing. He was showing us what he can do. He stood on a stage and flew a drone with 4K video in Los Angeles from the stage in Las Vegas. It was unbelievable. And I said, oh, my God, look at the data that it's able to push to and from using the 5 So, but one thing out there, Qualcomm is, of course, has teamed up with Samsung, Verizon, AT&T, Lenovo, Google, and Microsoft. And where this is going is the new TVs that are coming out because Verizon and Samsung is teamed up. They're going to be putting this chipset in your TV that you buy. And do you remember the old days when we would go out and you would buy cell service for your phone? And if you signed a two-year contract, you would get a free phone. Well, guess yes. what? They're talking about. They're talking about now. They did not make it official, but they talked about it, where now you will go out on this 5G once it's developed. You will sign that service with Verizon for your internet, for your broadband services that you want for your TV, and they will give you a Samsung TV that has that 5G chipset that will only work on the Verizon network, eliminating all of our wires. Well, but here's the thing. We're seeing in record numbers people cutting the cord, meaning they're no longer subscribing to cable. They're no longer subscribing to satellite service. They're watching either uh, online or they're watching most younger millennials and, and, and other people are watching on their iPad or their Android tablet. People are cutting the cord, and yet they're going with this technology where, okay, you're going to get a new TV every couple of years. Do you think that's practical? Yeah, it's going to be practical. And here's the thing. Right now, because uh, you've got the Fire Stick out there and, and you got Hulu and you got YouTube and you got all this stuff, people offering premium services. But what nobody's done, and they talked about this at the seminars, is nobody's come out with a product that gathered all these different signals, all these different uh, uh, supply lines for our video and, and put it into one. Because that's one thing that our current providers of our cable TV today or satellite provider is they packaged it all together so we have it on one box and on one menu. But like you said, it's gotten so cost prohibitive because you're paying for this, you're paying for that, paying for that. But now everybody's kind of like split apart, and it's kind of like the Wild West right now. And Verizon realizes that, along with AT&T and everybody else, because they realize that their revenue is starting to drop. 
And so now they're going to have it where, hey, guess what? You get this 5G service. We're going to do your cell. We're going to do your internet. And we're going to do your TV. So they're going to kind of package a lot of stuff together, I got to believe, because that's what everybody's talking about. How do you package it and make it really convenient for us? Because when you want to go home, you don't have to deal with five or six different technologies just to watch TV. I just want to turn the damn thing on, and I just want to be able to watch my shows. What is the timeline for 5G? Right now, they're talking about two years real world, even though Samsung announced that they were going to roll out the very first 5G phone um, mid-year this year, 2019. So that's what he said. Now, whether it actually happens or not, I do not know. That was words from a gentleman, Tim Baxter, the CEO of Samsung USA. Great guy. But uh, again, you got to have the infrastructure. And like um, uh, Hans Vesterberg over at Verizon said, we're having to make all of our network more and more dense because remember that 5G signal does not go as far as 4G. So we're going to have to have more antennas. Yeah, and that's the build out on that is going to be very, very difficult and, and expensive. And without backward compatibility, meaning... I can't use, I can't be on an, a 4G LTE network or a 3G network. I can't use my, my new iPhone or a new Android device. That's going to be a major, major issue, especially when you're traveling in areas where pretty much every single interstate is covered, but you go to a lot of rural areas, good luck with LTE. It's going to be very difficult. So that remains to be seen. Mark Blanton, consumer technology and uh, electronics expert and guru joins us. He's uh, out in Vegas, just wrapped up attending all week the CES Consumer Electronics Show last night. Mark, drones, you and I are aviators. We are both pilots. We love flying. And I remember seeing when I was uh, out at uh, the Sun and Fun uh, air show that you attend every year and are very active with, they actually had some drones on display where they were prototypes, but you could sit in these drones and it was going to be like the Uber for the sky where you could have two or three people in a drone. And as we know, helicopters are very difficult uh, to fly. They are inherently unstable, where, whereby fixed-wing airplanes are inherently stable. Very, very difficult to fly, but a drone changes everything. And now we're seeing drones that humans can actually sit in and I think there were a number of, of uh, exhibitors that were displaying actual drone prototypes and uh, had simulators as well. So as an aviation enthusiast, I love flying little drones. I would love to have my own personal drone and fly that bad boy around. Well, the, the big game changer out here this year with drones, and I'll start with the largest of the largest, was Bell. Bell produces a product now called the Bell Nexus. This is only a prototype. Um, they had a full mock-up here. The actual prototype is in Dallas, Texas. What is unique about this, it is a six-place electric drone that you actually fly. It has got six ducted fan motors on it. And how it actually works, it's got a small turbine engine in the back end of it. The turbine engine produces electricity and then the electricity powers a battery, and then the battery powers the six electric motors on the drone. They are saying it's going to go 150 knots, 
One pilot, five passengers, 6,000 pounds gross. They did not know what the useful load on it was. They call it an electric hybrid is what they're actually calling it. So it, it really remains to see where it is. They are two years away from actually having the prototype fully functional. Then they're going to have to go into certification, and then we got to go into rulemaking. So we're not going to see this for three, four, five years. Now, one thing a lot of people need to understand is I, I work with the FAA because I own a small airline also besides owning the humidor store. And I'm a pilot. I'm a mechanic. I'm an inspector. And one thing is, is the FAA is real big on what's called operational control. And the uh, Ubers, they don't own the cars. You own the cars individually. Well, the FAA says, hey, if you're going to fly somebody for hire, you have to have an air carrier certificate. Well, guess what? Uber doesn't have an air carrier certificate, and they're not going to have one and have all these people that they don't know flying these drones. They want to have individual responsibility. So it's going to be a while. It's a great idea and a great concept. I hope to be front and center on it when it comes to fruition because today I flew the simulators. They had three different sims, and they and were and Bell was asking me, which control do I like? Do I like the, the old helicopter with a cyclic and a collective? Did I like the, the two-grip model? It. Yes. So uh, there was all these different things, and what you did, you had to fly this drone in the simulator. That You had to fly it through the town of Las Vegas on these green dots. And so I got through it, and I'll be honest with you. It's, it's not that bad to fly, and what Bell is concerned about is because we're having a pilot shortage in the aviation business, and they want to make it easy enough and a learning curve low enough so that they don't have to have a tremendous flight school and enormous amount of hours to fly something that's really simple to fly. And I'll be honest, um, what uh, Bell's done, if you'll remember, they developed the Bell V-22 Osprey. And that that's is right. where the propellers rotate forward. Well, on a normal drone like you see as a, a toy or, or a, a photo platform, the blades stay basically horizontal. Well, what this particular Bell Nexus does is the six ducted fan engines, at, once it flies, they rotate forward just like the Osprey does and gives massive forward speed. And then they rotate back to the horizontal plane when you're getting ready to land. So where I see this going first is I look for the military to really grab a hold of this for troop transport. How much uh, will one of these new Bell Ospreys or uh, uh, Nexus cost, have they said? They wouldn't tell me, and I was prying them like the Dickens. I said, give me an idea, production costs. And, man, when I started getting into them, boy, they started clamming up. And I understand they don't know it's it's an ongoing process, but the display uh, here at CES North Hall was unbelievable. I know you can probably find it at ces.org or you can find it on um, uh, on YouTube or something. It was a very impressive machine. Well, just looking at it, I got to have one. It definitely looks cool to fly. <laughs> and there are other companies that have displayed them as well that are, are going to be coming out with these that are going to be far lower priced, I'm sure, than the Bell. But far easier to fly than a regular helicopter. The question is, you get all these thousands of drones in the sky. Now, again, you're talking about the FAA and air traffic and, and licensing procedures. So that's going to be very interesting. Mark Blanton of the Humidor Store and technology and gadget guru joins us from Las Vegas. 
When we return, we'll talk about the robots and a couple other items that were on display at the CES that just wrapped up last night as our final and concluding segment of this edition of The Cigar Dave Show comes your way next. The Cigar Dave Officers Club selection this month is the Alec Bradley new release sampler, including the Alec Bradley Magic Toast. This cigar was created by Alan Rubin after toasting a special whiskey to a great crop that would yield this beautiful medium to full-bodied smoke. Want these cigars shipped directly to you each month? Log on to CigarDave.com to join the Officers Club. Hi, this is Rocky Patel. If you're a beginner, or if you just enjoy a great mild cigar like I do in the morning, I suggest you try the Vintage 99. This seven-year-old Connecticut wrapper delivers a creamy, mild, smooth flavor. It's very, very balanced on your palate, and it absolutely is delightful. Tons of flavor, a perfect draw, and an incredible ash. This cigar is smooth, it will entice you to enjoying more and more of the Vintage 99s. It's just a nice, great, balanced, smooth cigar. Look for it, the oldest Connecticut shape in the market today. I'm Rocky Patel, and I promise you, nobody works harder than we do to make you a great quality cigar. Come visit us at RockyPatel.com. Surgeon General warning, cigar smoking can cause cancer and heart disease. America is under attack. Basic freedoms, privileges, and acts that we would normally take for granted are disappearing each day, including the simple ability to enjoy a cigar. This is Glenn Loop, Executive Director of Cigar Rights of America, CRA. At a time when elected officials should be thinking about education, public safety, and creating jobs, they are actually thinking about smoking bans, new taxes, and regulations of historic proportions on premium cigars. The cigars that provide us with pleasure, relaxation, and fellowship are under attack. We have to stop it. That's why Cigar Rights of America was created, to work for a new political day for cigar enthusiasts across America, to roll back restrictive laws and defeat onerous taxes and regulations that impact everyone from your local cigar shop to your personal humidor. For the price of a few great cigars, be a part of this effort to protect your right to enjoy a cigar without excessive taxation and cumbersome legislation. Go to CigarRights.org. Let's tell the government we've had enough. Join now, CigarRights.org. Foremost authority on cigars, spirits, diversions, and the good life. The General Cigar Dave. Final segment as we are joined once again by Mark Blanton of the Humidor Store and technology expert and guru enthusiast. Just uh, out in Vegas having attended the Consumer Electronics Show all week. 180, actually 190,000 attendees. Takes up just uh, millions of square feet of of space. And as we wrap it up, Mark, I want to talk about robots. I know they had a whole section on robots. And I happened to see while watching CNBC this week that Sophia, a humanoid robot developed by Hong Kong based Hanson Robotics, and uh, Sophia's been out for a few years, but they brought her and little Sophia. And actually, at one of the keynote addresses, Sophia, this robot, made a speech. And I have to tell you, 
watching this was so freaky. It reminds me like one of these movies where these robots take over, you know, like those police forces. The way she talks, she doesn't sound like a robot. She sounds like has normal speech, but it's spooky. It's eerie. Yes, out here, there was lots of Sophias out here. She had lots of sisters, let's put it that way. So many companies are doing robots, and like you say, it's creepy. They got them small that's only a foot high to actually human size. And they got them where they're grouped and they talk as a group. They got them where they'll sing as a group. And then they got them individual. They got them where they're, they're, they're roaming around the aisles. It's, it is really creepy. And, you know, um, because they're getting more human-like. What they've done, if they've taken this speech on it and they've got this, get, it's getting better by the year. And after a while, you're willing to accept it, but it kind of crosses the threshold. It depends on how each individual is. I just go, what is the practical use of this? What is this thing really going to do? It's great as a toy, and I guess you could have it at a party, but uh, but they're growing. The robots are growing. I can tell you that because there's more and more every year. Wait a minute. I've got a practical use for a robot. Let's go back to the Jetsons, one of my favorite cartoons. Remember Rosie the Robot made? Absolutely, absolutely. I'll tell you, if they had a Rosie the Robot made... Bing! I would I would buy one of those in a split second. But there was an interesting collaboration, if you will, or or uh, confluence between a robot and a self-driving car. And I know that autonomous vehicles uh, are big on display out at the CES. And I understand there was a, a little bit of a uh, a mishap out there. Yeah, I was out in the parking lot. They, they, this place has gotten so big, and they tried to show how self-driving cars kind of work, and they kind of showed a little bit of robots. Well. I did not see it with my own eyes, but a very, very good friend of mine was there, and he told me, he says, you're not going to believe this, self-driving car hit the robot. And I said, you got to be kidding me. And he goes, no. Nope. And he says, I don't think they got that technology quite ironed out yet. And this self-driving car thing, um, I was – two years ago, I was at a seminar in the morning, and I'll rem- I have to leave the guy nameless, but he was a retired – recently retired executive vice president of one of the major – car companies. And he said, Mark, you realize on the wiper delay on our cars that we have, there's 70 pages of regulations just handling that. He says, can you imagine the amount of regulations that we're going to have to have written by our government and approved to be able to handle a full self-driving car? Now, one thing today was very interesting. I was talking to several of the self-driving car. There's a human factor that's coming into play that nobody um, thought about is the people, some, not all, but some people in the self-driving cars and the testing are getting motion sickness because they're not actively participating in the driving of the car. Yeah. So, and you know, I, I believe that. And I can tell you this, there is no way in hell I would get into a self-driving car right now. Not going to happen. Now, before we end, this is an outrage to me because as you know, I've got the harem and even though I'm not what I would consider a feminist. I'm looking out for dames. Here's a perfect example. There are sexual technology companies that display at CES. A sex tech company called um, Osei created a unique product. And in fact, they won an innovation award geared towards women's sexual health. The award was revoked because the company, this, this particular product, uses 
biomimicry and robotics to help women achieve a blended orgasm by basically simultaneously simulating the G-spot and other areas of the vajayjay. And it mimics the sensation of a human mouth, tongue, fingers to produce a blended orgasm. They took the product away. It is an outrage. And ladies, I want you to know, this five-star general is looking out for you. And this product known as Ose should not be taken away in neither the award. Mark Blanton, enjoy the rest of your, uh, your trip out to Vegas. We appreciate you joining us, giving us the CES recap. Safe travels back to the Cigar City. The Cigar, uh, cigar Day of the General saying, Mayor Humidor, always be full. Mayor Cutter, always be sharp. Mayor Ashby, extra, extra long. Semper Delictatio. Always pleasure. Long live the Alpha. Make America great again. Screw the enemies of pleasure.